to invite your children to come a little bit closer and join with me in a special moment together. I have brought with me this morning my very dirty hiking boots. They're dirty because the last time I went on a hike it was muddy. But I love to hike. And I imagine that over the past few weeks, you've been on some walks out in nature, on some hikes. You probably know that I have two kids in the youth group. And the past couple of years, they have gone on a hiking trip with the youth with a group called Wilderness Trail. They go into the woods for four days, and they carry everything they need in backpacks, and they camp out at night. They have two guides who walk with them, one who walks in the front and one who walks in the back. And when they wake up every morning, they don't know how long they're going to be hiking that day. It's supposed to be sort of a mystery so that they'll trust their guides to get them where they need to go. And if they ask about halfway through the day, how far away is our campsite? The answer is always the same. It's within walking distance. So they're assured that they're going to get there at the end of the day, but they don't know if they're going to walk five miles or eight miles or 12 miles. All they can do is trust their guides to get them there. In the Bible story that the Bigelows just read for us, Jesus is telling his disciples that he's about to leave them. He's about to be arrested He's going to be crucified, and then he's going to rise again. And things will be different after that. And the disciples are confused and afraid, and they don't know where Jesus is going. And they ask him all sorts of questions. How do we know where you're going? How can we follow you? What is the way? We don't know the way. And Jesus says to them, I am the way. Trust me. I'll be your guide. Sometimes life is hard, and we don't know exactly what the future holds. We're in a pretty hard time right now where we have to stay home pretty much all the time. And we don't know how long this will last, but we do know that Jesus is with us, and he is our guide, and we can trust him to stay with us and keep us. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, help us to trust you, even when times are difficult, even when we don't know the future, even when we don't know how long we'll be staying home. Help us to know that you're with us. Help us to feel your love. Help us to love you in return and to show that love by how we treat other people. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to put my muddy boots back away so you don't have to look at those anymore. Well, I have a confession to make. I sort of hit the wall this week. I reached a point on Monday afternoon when I just thought I couldn't take anymore. Sometimes it's the little things, you know, that trigger these deep reactions in us. I remember years ago, 
when my mother was first diagnosed with Alzheimer's. She's gone now, and I think about her today on this Mother's Day. In those first couple of years of her diagnosis, things were really, really difficult and emotionally tumultuous. And I remember one day going to the Walgreens as we were getting her settled in assisted living and, and going to buy her some Depends. And I stood in the aisle and I looked at all the different kinds and the different sizes and I was overwhelmed and I just fell apart in the aisle of Walgreens. And it was just because I had to buy some Depends. You know, sometimes it's those little moments when everything just sort of comes crashing down and we have our fall aparts. Well, it happened to me this week on Monday afternoon. I was walking through a room in my house and I flipped on the light switch, not remembering that the power was out. For those of you who live outside the Nashville area, we had a huge storm come through town on Sunday evening. The storm lasted about 15 minutes, but it did an incredible amount of damage in those 15 minutes. 130,000 people, households, without power. Some of you may still be without power. We went from Sunday night until Wednesday morning without electricity. And so when I hit that light switch on Monday afternoon and realized that the power was out and remembered that the electric service had said it could be up to two weeks, I just fell apart. It was just one more thing that I had been counting on to work that had failed. In this season that we are living in, we have experienced so much of life as we know it. The normal expectations of things we'll be able to do just ripped out from under us. Things failing all around us. Plans that we had for weddings and graduations and family reunions and all sorts of gatherings that we had planned to go to just scratched off the calendar, canceled. Expectations we had about being able to just come to church on Mother's Day and shake hands and hug one another. We can't do that now. And for so many of you, these unemployment statistics that came out this week are very real. A job that you had counted on, that this income that you needed to pay your rent has been stripped away, and now here you are, collecting unemployment at a time you hadn't expected. Or being able to count on good health and safety, and suddenly there is illness and disease for you or for a loved one. And piling on top of this, this another tragic incident of a young African-American man being shot to death because he was going for a jog. I mean, a person should be able to go for a jog and feel safe. So once again, our systems failing us, things that we had hoped for and planned on just being pulled out from underneath us. And when I flipped that light switch and no power came on, it was like even the very infrastructure of our lives isn't working. Well, if you have been feeling this way, if you are feeling this way or have felt this way, you're not alone. And I want to say a word, please don't 
judge yourself. It's so easy when we have moments like that, which, and I do this to myself, to say, well, what I'm going through is just inconvenient. It's not tragic. I'm not a frontline health worker. I haven't lost anyone to this terrible disease. There's so many people who are suffering more than I am. And that is so true, and it's important to be compassionate and remember that. But when you're struggling, you're struggling. And I want you to give yourself grace to feel whatever it is you're feeling in this time. And to know that you're not alone. We're all in this together. And what's more, we're in the same boat as these disciples were in, in the 14th chapter of John. As we come to this moment in John's gospel, Jesus is giving his farewell speech to his disciples. They had been sharing a meal together in chapter 13, and Jesus had done this strange thing of kneeling down and washing all of their feet. And they were confused by that. They didn't understand. And then he starts talking to them and telling them that he's leaving. And in chapters 14, 15, and 16, he gives them these final words of instruction. In chapter 17, he prays for them. But they don't understand. They don't know where he's going. He's, he's talking about his, his death, and he's saying, pretty soon you will not see me, but I'm going to prepare a place for you, and you know the way. And, and they are saying to themselves and to Jesus, we don't know the way. Where are you going? Everything that they knew and had counted on and had planned on was being ripped out from under them. They had followed Jesus, understanding him to be the Messiah, the Son of God. They had seen him work miracles and heard his teachings, and they believed when they followed him to Jerusalem from Galilee that he would arise as the Messiah to lead Israel to liberate Israel from Rome. That was the path they thought they were on. And here he is saying he's leaving. And within a few hours, they will see him crucified. And it will look in their eyes like complete failure. Like everything they believed in was lost. And so we are with these disciples in this moment. As Jesus says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. Now at first glance, it sounds like Jesus is trying to shut them down. To say, oh, don't be upset. Don't be grieving. Don't be... And is, is Jesus saying that to us? You know, don't be sad, don't be worried, don't, be, don't feel what you're feeling. I don't think so. We have Jesus' example to turn to. We see Jesus just a couple of chapters before this weeping at the grave of his dear friend Lazarus, deeply moved and troubled by the pain that his friends are in. A few weeks ago in worship on Palm Sunday, we, we gathered in the Garden of Gethsemane and we witnessed Jesus weeping and telling his disciples that he was gravely disturbed. 
We see Jesus weeping over Jerusalem and their lack of understanding and their inability to receive him as he is. We've seen Jesus go into the temple and throw over the tables because of his anger and indignation at the greed and hypocrisy of the religious leaders. So we have seen Jesus troubled in spirit. What is it then that he is saying to his disciples and saying to us in this moment? Do not let your hearts be troubled. But when Jesus speaks of the heart, he speaks out of that Jewish understanding of the heart being the center, not just of our feelings and emotions, but the very core of our being, body, mind, spirit, and soul, all is represented by the heart. So I think Jesus is saying to us and to his disciples, do not let the core of who you are be shaken by anything that happens in this world. Do not ever lose your grounding. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And when he says believe, he doesn't just mean just give your intellectual assent to the idea of God and to the idea of Jesus. Believe in, trust, stake your life in God and in me, in this beautiful union of love represented in God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit in the Trinity. Jesus invites them and us to abide in that union of love, to ground ourselves in that love so that who we are can never be shaken. As I was pondering these words of Jesus, there was a a prayer that rose to my mind. It comes right out of the liturgy of our funeral service. It comes from one of the prayers when we say, when all else fails, you still are God. That is our faith. That is the ground of our being. This past week I was in a committee meeting and in the conversation, Something happened and things opened up and someone began to share with great vulnerability some things that had broken her heart, some things about our world. And one of the committee members, as all of us, listened and leaned in and and shed tears together with her. One of the members of the committee leaned in and said, you know, there's not much in this world that won't break your heart. That's why we know where to put our faith. My friends, it's part of following in the way of Jesus that we allow our hearts to be broken, to feel the pain of the world, to allow our hearts to be broken when the church cannot gather, to allow our hearts to be broken when we see the evidence of racism and systemic injustice in our world to allow our hearts to be broken by poverty and greed and all the inequities being revealed in this moment. 
to allow our hearts to be broken when we see those exhausted healthcare workers and allow our hearts to go out to them. It is that allowing that deepens our compassion, but it will never shake who we are because who we are is grounded in the love of God that is eternal, that nothing can shake, not life, not death, not COVID-19, not social distancing, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks be to God.